Um, and now we're going to have you record a song. Ready and go. <laughs> In my life. <laughs> On it. You were ready for it. That's you said li- yes, <laughs> literally my nightmare. Oh, no. <laughs> we were talking about like stage fright nightmare, like anxiety oh, yeah. nightmares oh, yeah. last night. And one of them is like, are you ready? It's your time now. Sing a song. And like, you have to just make it wow. up. Yeah, do you, Kenyon, do you have any, like, specific anxiety performance recurring nightmare? I don't think so. Must be nice. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you must sleep so well. You, it's me, it's Kenyon. Welcome back to We Love That. Hey, you, it's me, Jerome. And guess who? It's Tanner Porter. Amazing. (laughs) Icon, musician, star. Wow, we've made it. We've made it to this point. Oh Here. yeah. Oh this. yeah. I'm so excited. We're past the the 50 threshold and now things are now we're really in business. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this um, uh, this has been a long time coming. Yes. You know, um, this <laughs> Yeah. yeah I, this is I'm so excited. <laughs> we have an iconic guest. Uh Yes. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> Tanner Porter. I am so excited. I am a big fan, and <laughs> I this has been a long time coming, and it's I've been so excited about it for a long time. So I know I feel like I called you like back in like November or something, and I was like, "Hey, you want to come on?" And then yeah, you know, back in November happened. when I was like, "Oh, I'll just be in California for like three weeks," <laughs> and then. <laughs> That was really Three dumb. Three weeks turned into mm-hmm. like five months. But yeah, like because there's a pandemic. Right, that, right. That thing. Going on. Just, right. just in I've case. heard of that before. <laughs> you all forgot. Yeesh. Oh man. <laughs> um, and now who you are? Little. A lot of people don't know that uh, being a fan of the podcast is actually a requirement. For being oh, good. A no, I mean, I I've already told you both how um, I'm very. I, I love this podcast. It's been so great. Just like as someone who listens to many podcasts, I, there's just so many elements of this that are so lovely. And it's so nice to be reminded that people can have friends and be friends and talk and make podcasts. <laughs> and that there's human connection in the world in a time when. <laughs> yeah. So wow. it's it's great. I love this podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having I'd, me. I'm honored by everything that you said. We're so glad you're here. I am confused as to why you think that Kenya and I are friends. Oh, right. <laughs> awkward. Ooh, right. Did I? Mm, sorry. Yes, yeah. we're actually enemies. Okay. <laughs> Sworn enemies. Sorry. <laughs> oh, me, oh, my. Um, but you've returned. You've made a glorious return to the East Coast. I am back in New York City. Yes. Not currently. Currently, I'm in <laughs> with Jerome. Yeah! Tanner and I are actually sharing physical space. It's very wild. It's <laughs> it's it's a lot. Wow. I, I don't know what that feels like. It's never happened to me before. <laughs> <laughs> 
never shared space with others. No. But although we are the ones currently in the same space, which we'll certainly get into why on earth that would be the case, um, Tanner, you and Kenyon actually go even farther back. All the way back, what, two years? <laughs> Three years? Absolutely. 2017? I don't know. Something like that. Twenty, Yeah, 2017, I think. Um, wow. Tanner was... Uh, and still is honestly a a, a <laughs> glorious shining mentor and uh, and musician friend. Um, yeah, teaching me composition uh, lessons, everything. Oh well, I I mean I have to say I was fortunate to like work with a lot of really amazing people when I was at uh, at Yale. Um, <laughs> getting a small my master's, liberal arts. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. But uh, I always was so excited for lessons with you because your music is gorgeous and it just was so fun. And it, I just loved like hearing about your process and and talking about all that stuff. Well, I'm so glad because we're going to do more of that talking, I guess, right now. Yay! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so you two commence with the lesson and I'll just okay, sit here and... Okay, great, great, great. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Do you have the score? Can you put it up on? <laughs> can we pull up the score? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll share yeah, my everyone screen. Everyone can follow along. Okay, We're going to yes. start at rehearsal J, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have, okay, I have a question. And Kenny and I have gotten into this before. And I guess it's not really a question because I know your answer, which I guess we'll get into. <laughs> my answer? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. But my answer, my question <laughs> is, using big, when you use like the big rehearsal symbols in a score... I am a fan of using the bar number. That's a, like, oh I just God. was in a class one time with a guy who was like, use the bar number. Like, that's the most useful. That's the easiest thing to do. Um, Y'all, I need to like, I, we're having this conversation. Like, I got to like, like, let me just take a second. Like, myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The first thing we want to talk about is notation. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Is score notation. And I want to know where everyone falls. <laughs> Very the, the hot topic everyone's been clamoring for this season. Um, yeah, I, so you you like a bar number? I like a big bar number in a box. I don't know. I I think I just had teachers who were like the rehearsal, like the letters, cool. Um, the I don't know if the bar number is maybe more like a musical theater thing, or oh, if there's maybe. like different genre. Ooh. Standards. That actually makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think about like when I've looked at musical theater scores, because I, I have seen the bar number, but mm-hmm. it, this is riveting. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a rehearsal letter lady, and uh, that's just the way it's been my whole life. <laughs> Since <laughs> I, I was, was a born this way. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Kenyon? What are I, you? I go back and forth. I mean, I have, I feel like I have both of your two influences speaking to me <laughs> whenever I make a score. Um, mm. But see, and I love, I love letters. You Like, who doesn't like <laughs> G? Like, who wouldn't love to say in a rehearsal, okay, meet me at letter G and we're going to start up right there. Like, absolutely. I, I will say I enjoy saying, like, we're at rehearsal K. Like, that just feels very, like, I think it's we're clean. making music. It's yeah. not, it's not, it's like, to the point, succinct. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, well, I think also like sometimes in a long score, you know, cause then like you, you'll get up to like a measure number that's just truly like absurd. Um, I don't know. This, this is me being like, mm, rehearsal letters are, but, uh, better, but I, I don't know. Um, no, that's good. I want you to like really 
stake a claim. Okay, all right. I'm gonna. <laughs> this this is the hill that I've chosen to, <laughs> to die upon. This is it. This <laughs> my, is it. My big thing. All right. But then when like when you get up there in in letters, you get like A A. You get like mm-hmm. the double right. letters. At and a certain bah. point, it has to like either start all the way over again or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> It's hard. Anyway, thank you for <laughs> indulging me. In. Thank you so much for that question. I really appreciate it. I, I loved it. Uh, well, and I guess, Jerome, you said that you know Tanner's answer because you have been, you've been spending time with the, with the Tanner Porter original score. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, boy. Um, so Tanner has uh, eyed work at Exeter. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever like really explicitly said that. So for all the tabloids out there, <laughs> um, I work at Exeter. In the music department, we have commissioned a piece to commemorate 50 years of gender integration, of co-education at Exeter. Um, and we've commissioned it from Tanner. Yay! <laughs> Thanks so uh, much. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a... When we like had our early meetings about like, okay, well, who might we want to reach out to and who do we want to get involved about maybe doing this thing? Um, I came to a meeting and one of my colleagues, Rowan, was like, here's a list of people and your name was on that list. Oh. And I said, now this is cool. Oh, <laughs> I know who this person is. <laughs> you told um, me and I screamed. I really did. <laughs> I yelled. <clears throat> I am very flattered, and uh, it's been really a wonderful and, like, stimulating, interesting process for me. So I'm I'm super grateful to be here. Yeah. Um, So this episode will be going live on the 27th of May. Of May? I think that's true. That's so soon. It's Tommy with a quick turnaround. (laughs) I know. We can always rely on him. Um, The... Performance, the inaugural, the premiere of this piece, Eats the Roads, is going to be happening on Friday. And it's going to be live streamed. So if people want to like tune in and listen, mm. then we'll put that link somewhere. Tommy. I will be there. I will be there. <laughs> I will be on all the streams. I'm um, so excited. And I think the, the streams will be available after the fact, too. So if people cool. want to tune back in and listen, even if time has passed, Mm -hmm. uh, then that is okay. Um, But part of what has been very cool about, well, what has been certainly unique about this process is uh, that we wanted, you wanted the students to be a part of. Yeah, the writing process. Right. But that it is not, it was, we were not able to like bring you to campus in the same way that we would have liked to. Um, And so a lot of that happened via Zoom. It happened, like, yeah, in Zoom meetings. Which I think, honestly, there were perks to that, to be yeah. to be real. Um, it was so cool just to, like, be able to see everyone's faces and have the, um, like, chat option for people. Yeah. There's, like, awkward elements to both sides. If it had been in person, I think maybe some people would have been more shy, uh, but maybe other people were more shy because it was Zoom. I don't know. Sure. You know these students more than I do. Yeah, I feel like that is pretty par for the course. It's like, you know, they're in Zoom a lot. They're in Zoom for class and so have to be somewhat familiar, capable with like, okay, I'm going to jump in and say something. It takes a lot on Zoom to yeah. do that. It's I'm the per- I'm definitely the person who's like, I'm not here. 
<laughs> Look at me. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but on those big Zoom meetings, we, the music faculty would be like, all right, everybody, like, turn your cameras on so that we're all here together in the yeah. Zoom it. And like two or three more people would turn their it was, cameras uh, on. You can really tell this, this it's, it's so, because like I was that student in high school, I would be like, camera on. Like ready to go, like yeah. you know. So, so I, I respect, I appreciated that. Um, but it's very intrusive. It is. It's a lot to ask students to yeah. to share, you know, their spaces with you. Yeah. Yes. So um, I was very, yeah, very grateful for all of them. Cool. Yeah. I. It is the idea of creating a piece of music. The idea of, to me, creating a piece of music of this scope, of this scale, is already, like, pretty intimidating. And then trying to incorporate so many different people's yeah. input and feedback and what they'd like for it to be, what they how they'd like to see it, seems yeah, very well, daunting. So just, just for all the listeners out there... <laughs> um, it's a the piece is called Ease the Roads and it's like a twenty minute or plus maybe twenty and change um, piece for chamber orchestra and choir um, and it's an original text and basically the process of working with the students was that um, well first I kind of tried to do like a little bit of a crash course in composition because I wasn't sure yeah. who and there were also some non musical students right who um, were participating so. I tried to kind of do like intro to composition, but not from a theory standpoint, like what you teach, but from sure. like a storytelling standpoint so that sure. maybe people could have language to use that wasn't like musical if they didn't know what that was. Yeah. Um, I need that class, actually. I <laughs> honestly, that's, that's, my, that's my shit. <laughs> um, so that's, that's how I think about music in general. So I was like selfishly like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so... Uh, yeah, and then we kind of jumped into, like, basically they were just on board from the first early little smidgens of measures, and I was bringing in, like, little snippets of ideas and things and um, asking for their feedback. They were very gracious because I brought in, like, a lot of MIDI sounds. <laughs> yes. And I don't know if they had ever heard MIDI before. I'm, some of them, I'm sure, were like, this, this is horrible. This piece sounds like trash. Um, but yeah, so they were, it was, it was really cool. Cause it was like, you know, they got to see me like fumble too. And I'm hoping that if, and like, you know, the, the parts of the process where it's like, well, I just worked really hard on this whole section, but like that's out because it doesn't apply anymore to the final piece or like mm. that idea led to a new idea. Um, that is now the thing that we're going to work with. Um, so I'm hopeful that, like, I mean, my, my biggest goal with this process was that if there's anyone, which I know that there are some students who are songwriters yeah. and whatnot, yeah. um, I just hope that they feel like they have a different set of tools, like, not only to listen to music, but if any of them are interested in composing and songwriting, that they feel um, like they have, yeah, some more insights, um, maybe some excitement about the whole thing. So. Uh, I love that. I really love that. Um I'm curious, like, how do you, like Jerome was saying, it, it seems like a very daunting task. It's like, okay, at the end of this amount of time, like, have all this music for all these people. <laughs> how do you approach just the task of doing it? Um, I mean, in addition to, you know, the collaboration aspects, but just as you're in the midst. 
like, how do you uh, time out a? <laughs> I mean, whatever, whatever it looks like for you. I don't know. Um, um, well, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's hard. I don't know. I think every piece is different because um, there are some pieces that, you know, it could be like a 20-minute piece, but it just, it feels so good to write it. And it's yeah. so easy that it just like... And you just like vomit it onto the page and like, there it is. And then you get to like shape it and do what you want. And then there are some pieces like, it could be like a five minute flute solo. And you're like, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. (laughs) And you just kind of have to like, at least for me, um, just forcing myself to show up and like push through the burnout or the difficulty in that moment is Mm. also part of the process. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do, I, Kenyon, this is something that we've talked about, but like, right. I do feel that with, especially with an orchestra piece, you're looking, at least for me, it's like 40% creative process, 60% like editing of the score yeah. and making of the parts. Like that's what takes the bulk of the time for me. Cause I'm still, um, doing that myself because <laughs> I'm not a, not, uh, given those jobs out yet. One day, one day I'll be at the level <laughs> yeah. that I can do that. But, um, yeah, so that's always fun. And then you, of course, after you do all the work and put all the hours and everything, you print out the score and you look at page one and there's, like, a freaking little, like, forte that's, like, floating up in the (laughs) staff or something. Um, You can't win with score editing. Yeah. In my experience. (laughs) That's real. That's real. How, how, How do both of, I mean, what's, like... Can we talk about the creative process? Yes. I mean, oh my gosh, we're diving in. Both of you, what, like, how that feels for you? Is it like working through, uh, you know, writer's block or yeah. more joyful processes? Um, what are? It's interesting to think about. I don't think I've ever worked on something where I had to think about uh, time, where I had to think about like minutes of music. Mm. Um, and whenever I do, <laughs> I'm like, oh, a, a minute as we talk about a minute is like, oop, just a minute. But a minute in writing music is like, oh my God, <laughs> that is so much time. It is so much time. Um, so I, in thinking about, okay, how do I get it from uh, like having an idea or, or feeling really creative or feeling the creation of it into... Uh, just when you were talking about the part of it that is like, okay, I'm actually having, I'm writing the thing, I'm making the music versus I'm physically, I'm creating a score. I'm yeah, like yeah. getting it to other people. Um, I, there's just, I always forget how much that side of it takes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the bummer part of it. Although sometimes it's like, honestly, this is Y'all, like, your podcast got me through a lot of score editing in the last month, so thank you. Like, I'll I'll put on something that I enjoy, and then it makes it a little bit. (laughs) Wow, I'm honored, honestly. Um, Yeah, I feel you you both on that. It's like, I don't know, my process, right now I'm doing a lot of improvising, and then, like, reading Mm -hmm. out of improv sessions, like, oh, this is a good idea, this is a good idea, and kind of stitching them together that way. Um, but is then would a it, score like useful in that situation or is it more? So that's where I'm, I keep running mm-hmm. up against things. It's like, how do I, com- like, if I want to communicate to someone who's not me, um, mm-hmm. 
how do I do that in a way that, you know, still provides kind of optimal freedom for them to bring whatever they want. Um, and so I don't know. I, I'm right now I'm trying to use like, honestly, like DAWs as notation. Mm. Yeah. Um, and like kind of just putting things, um, you know, like an idea like this goes right about here and sending that to someone and being like, okay, so you on your instrument, this is your inspiration, but actually kind of do whatever you want based off of that. And I hope that'll work. <laughs> that's really, that's so hard. I, that's like not a skill set that I have at all. Like even chart writing for me is a stretch. Yeah. Um, anything that is like open, like yeah. I'm good at the micromanaging part of it, like every note in its little place. But like <laughs> when you have to have like the grace and the patience to open up your piece to other people and to create like something on paper that invites people to be themselves in it, that is like such a yeah. hard thing to do. And I have so much respect for people who can do that. So Yeah, and especially... I I find when it comes to, okay, do I, how much of this is me just like filling in with like the patterns that I fall into or the, you know, the idioms that like my hands just are used to playing? Mm -hmm. uh, how much of that is actually what I want it to be? And how much of that is like, yeah, like something happens in this chord progression for a little bit until something else happens. Um, and so getting to connect other people into that is like, well, do I actually want them to do what I did or am I wanting them to do something different and should I be telling them <laughs> what exactly that should be? Or, you know, how much of composition should be like, okay, I'm figuring out exactly what this is going to be and how much of it is just mm. filling <clears throat> or mm -hmm. how much of it is like just what comes to your hands or what comes to your instrument or whatever. I think it's all comp. It's all comp. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's a million ways to do it, which yeah. is cool. Um, it's just, it's interesting that like you have, you know, like an institution, certain institutions that value like the way a score looks when yeah. there's like so many and others that like, or others, other programs that like you, you're never going to read off a score. And it's just, right. it's so like, just, there's just so many different ways of writing and, and of communicating out there. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's something we're starting to think about. This is only marginally related, but uh, as we're continuing to audition our ensembles, thinking about, particularly with singers, that, you know, there are a lot of singers in high school who, like, love to sing and would love to sing with other people, would love to sing in a choir, but are like, oh, I don't know how to read sheet music. Yeah. Um, and trying to think about, okay, well, how essential is it that you can read sheet music to be in a choir? At the end of the day, like, we don't get up and do a concert of, like, now we will read many things for you, mm -hmm. right? Um but it is a useful way of everyone picking up the material together. So it's, yeah, trying to, how do we even shape our ensembles? How do we shape, like, the places where we make music around a lot of different levels of of score reading or levels of, of mm -hmm. notation and access to notation? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought up singing because... Tanner's also an incredible, incredible... <laughs> I bet you are glad I brought up singing. <laughs> because Tanner's an incredible singer, okay. Uh, no, you both are. I Truly. <laughs> we all are. We're all good singers. <laughs> We're all so talented. Um, but, I mean, yeah, knowing 
having you know listened and seen you be a performer also in works that you've pre- that you've composed being a, a, a composer performer i guess is what people call that <laughs> mm. <laughs> um Ooh. i mean that's kind of how i ended up feeling like i i needed to go the like let me improv and kind of find other ways to to notate because i felt like i was my my uh i had more access to a compositional voice through performance actually so mm-hmm. if i could sit down and perform i could sit down and write i'm curious yeah. how what is it like for you as also someone who identifies as a composer performer but maybe in a different way um that's a really interesting question i i think for me <laughs> I mean, there's like a very selfish element to it for me, but I just love singing over a lush arrangement of like a like, you know, chamber orchestra or like an ensemble. I just like because I'm someone that um, to be honest, I I think in the back of my mind, I went to composition school to like better orchestrate my songs Mm -hmm. because I wanted those big. I love big orchestrations. I love, yeah, I don't know. I just, it was something that I always was so taken by uh, in like records and stuff. And uh, so for me, it's very much like I want to create a really cool thing that I can just like groove on top of. And like everyone else probably has to work really hard, but I just get to coast <laughs> like, like, and like sing over all of these. <laughs> so it's it's not, it's not as much of, um, it's yeah. It's again. It's there's like a selfish element to it where I'm just like, mm-hmm, and now I get to have fun and like, <laughs> I hope you all are having fun too. But music's also really hard, so I'm sorry. Um, but what about for you, Kenyon? Because it sounds like you have maybe a little bit more of like an open heart and like an openness about the process. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm like a cold-hearted like like asshole or anything, but like I don't know. And I don't know if I would say that my heart is an open person, <laughs> but um, I mean, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get there because honestly, I also, I mean, I, we met at the same school. I was also trained in the like, get it on the score, get it on the page way. Mm-hmm. And over the last two years, year and a half, um, I've just like increasingly more and more, that's just not working for me. It's just like, that's not. I don't know. That's just, that's, that's not where I want to go. And so I'm trying to kind of flex this other muscle to see if that's going to generate more for me. Um, Super cool. I mean, I'll let, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> is, is this the part, Jerome, is this the part where I get to ask about? Yes. Record? Oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> now we're going to pounce on Kenyon. <laughs> oh no. I was informed that this is a hot topic <laughs> and I'm very excited. So Kenyon, um, is there anything so, that, <laughs> as you say that, is there anything you're working on, toying with, thinking about? Yeah, I mean, I guess yes. Yes, there is. <laughs> um, and it's something that definitely grew out of, it grew out of what we're talking about. I mean, I was like, you know, pandemic hits and you're like, oh, well, thank God I'm safe and I'm inside and I guess I have all this time. Let me do that thing that I've not been doing, which is writing music. Um, and I kind of reached for those tools of like, get it on the page, like write it all down. And it was just yeah. like not, it was not happening. Um, and so I, I kind of went back to square one and just started giving myself time to improvise every day. 
And out of that came, I guess, pieces is what we're calling them. And now that there are a number of them, I guess that there's Sonic a, experiences. Right. Absolutely. A collection of sonic experiences. Uh, oh, yeah. That I'm now working on. Um, but, you know, I sing, I play the piano, but like I hear a bunch of other instruments. So now trying to communicate, like, how do I get enough down so that I can get other people involved? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is really, it's a hurdle. <laughs> well, I love the, yeah, I think that getting the notation or like taking away notation as like a prerequisite of a piece or of a, a composition um, is great because, there, you know, there are so many times that like one sits and plays something or sings something or does something and for me that that just feels so disconnected from like, oh, I've written a thing because it doesn't like exist somewhere. So mm. it feels like, oh, if it, if it doesn't exist somewhere, if it doesn't have like a beginning, middle and end and a, you know, if it doesn't, if it is not finite somewhere where I can say here, look, here it is mm-hmm. that I haven't really done anything. Like I haven't written anything, but in actuality, that is yeah most I, of what it takes. I totally get that. It's I like, I feel that same kind of pressure, which is like, you know, it's bullshit, but like, it's, it's like, it's real. The, the expectations that we have for like, well, now this is a, now this is a finished piece. Okay, wait, no, now this is a finished piece. Like, (laughs) right, right. right. Like at what point is it like a real thing that you, cause that's like, there's the intangibility of music. It's like, you don't get to hold something and be like, well, this is a pot that I've made or like, you know, it's, it's like always, there's always the potential to reshape something in a way that I don't know if there is in other, other media. I guess you can always like add paint to a canvas if you want to, but um, yeah, there's like a, this isn't really over until I say it's over. And then right. it's just like a frame of mind to be like, this is over now. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like, I mean, I love notation. I started this off with a silly question about notation, <laughs> <laughs> but like, and so I think there's something to be said for like, okay, there is notation that exists on the page and like that is one version of the thing. But, you know, with music, it does not exist until it's played, right? It is like an auditory experience. And so often the it it is not a final thing just because it is like written on the page in a certain way. And even then, that is like, I don't know, the, the times that I've written things for other people to use or to do something with, it's like, oh no, you don't have to come back to me to ask like what I meant about something. Like, oh, mm. huh. I, yeah, I kind of feel like okay, I wanted to be very purposeful about like how it exists on the page, and once I like am giving it to other people to do something with it, it's like okay, now you get to do something with it. And if mm-hmm. it, it wasn't exactly what I meant or exactly how I would have done it, great. Like that, I didn't do it. Like if I were with you there doing it in charge of you know, whatever group of people is doing it, then that would be different. But like letting it live on its own kind of. Yeah. That's also like, there's like a strength, I think, to that, to be like, well, I did this, I did what I could, and now I'm giving it to you and um, it's out of my hands. I, I feel like there have been projects where I'm capable of doing that and somewhere I'm just not, I'm mm. like, please come back to me. Cause I want to make sure that <laughs> yeah. like, so that's, that's like, that takes a lot of strength. That's cool. Yeah. I think that honestly it is a, 
it makes me stop working on it. Yeah. <laughs> right. More than anything, it's like, okay, great. And now I did my part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. I, in talking about, you know, non-notated music, I, I was realizing that like the, my first compositions I never wrote down. You know, it was mm-hmm. like these things that I just put, would play on the piano and be like, I wrote that thing, but it only mm-hmm. exists in my body. I'm curious to, like Tanner, where, when did you start writing? What did that look like? Um, earliest songs. Yeah. Um, I think that my big like push to start writing was when I took up the cello in my fourth grade elementary school oh, yeah. orchestra. Um, thank you, public school music education programs. Um, yeah, I think it was just like, it was so fun to have something that like you can get an immediate sound out of. Um, and yeah, I don't know the I, the push to compose for me, well, later on at some point, my sister, who's like seven years older, went college that must have been when I was in like middle school and she left her old laptop behind that had GarageBand on it oh, wow. and it was like really really like funky and I I just yeah so I think I got into composing through like layering myself and like playing yeah. as much as possible um and just wanting to write music that I would want to listen to I think was also like a big I was like oh I really like that song I like the way that song makes me feel Mm. like I want to write a piece that makes me feel that so that in the process of writing it, I can like feel that way. Mm. You know, that's like, that doesn't make any sense, but no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like all like, it's very emotional. Um, I am very emotional. (laughs) uh, Yeah. So no, it's so interesting. Like hearing you talk Kenyon a little bit about like that, like the score and like not always really working and, I remember when I went to school, I had all these like, or went to undergrad for composition, I had all of these preconceived notions about like, well, that was cute, that like layering thing that I used to do. But like, I have to put that away now because Mm. if I'm going to be a real composer, Mm -hmm. I need to be able to like write this way and this way and this way. And like using GarageBand is probably not that. And thankfully I had a teacher that was like, that's crap. Like, (laughs) you know, like that's like, you're really... I don't know where that's coming from, um, which I think I know where that's coming from. But like, uh, yeah, no, so it's so interesting. I feel like it's only in recent years, um, for many, many years, even like in orchestration, looking at, you know, all the instruments, I would still see the green like track layers. Yeah. Like I was, I was, I was thinking about music in a very like layered garage band tracks kind of way which meant that the parts weren't really necessarily integrated. It was like you have like a cello line that kind of sets up a groove and then everything else just works on top of it or mm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so it's been interesting. I think that was a, a big, like thinking about integrating parts in a way that I didn't know how to was such a such a great aspect of going to uh, music school for me. But um, that was a little bit of a long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> and I loved it. Um, <laughs> and I want more. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah. the, the idea of like, oh, well, doing it in GarageBand is like not composition because it's not. I That just gave me like <laughs> the strangest uh, image of like 
I don't know. Like if Beethoven had GarageBand, like you don't think Beethoven would just be like, oh, screw the rest of you. I'm just going to make it all myself. He'd be like, <laughs> sampling himself. Yeah, like, do, do. Like, yeah, what are, what of that, <laughs> like, disqualifies it from being real composition just because it's, like, a new it's tool? An alternative way of writing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. All right, how, how does recording fit into your lives right now? Li- lives? Lives? Um, are you, is it something that you use, like, in the early parts of writing? Is it something that you use at all? What's the vibe? I do, I've been doing a lot of, um, like, okay, I'll sit at a piano and trying to do this regularly to make it a practice of some sort, mm-hmm. but like sit at a piano and like mess around until I have something that I like, whether it's short or like, oh, I just like this chord or whatever. And then just recording that bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I eventually <laughs> am in a place where I'm like, okay, let's pull some things together or like. What are the ideas that I can, if I'm like working on something and I'd like, I'm like, I need another section here, mm-hmm. being able to go back and say, oh, well, I had this one thing. And so maybe I'll like use that. So trying to uh, like record as many, I guess, kind of what you're talking about, as many of those like improvisatory moments as I can um, to have them in like a library, to try to like curate a library of them. It's mm-hmm. something that I've been like yeah. pushing toward. I very much am. That's cool. Well, I, yeah, I, I would say that I'm right there, except for the now I'm like, maybe I can't do that anymore. I don't know what I'm, I don't, who's, who else is in my brain? I don't really know. Um, <laughs> because I have an embarrassing number of voice memos. Like, oh, I, I, I we, maybe we can. Oh my gosh, are we going to say? That challenge each other. <laughs> Some, you might have more than me. It's really bad. It's, I mean, I'm going to, ha- if we're actually looking for numbers, I'm going to go look for the numbers. Are we? Are we doing? Oh that right gosh! Now? Oh no! <laughs> the great voice memo um, <laughs> challenge. Does it say? It should tell if you. Well, like, if they're not like if like me, oh. you never label them. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have an all recordings number, yeah. which honestly is not that high. It's I'm scared for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, can compare whose email inboxes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, or how many unread text messages do I have? Uh, well, this is live, live uh, radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's really exciting. So one of my students was recording a thing on my computer and saw that I, I right now have 50 text messages, I, unread text messages. I think at the time I had like 64 or something. And at the time someone was texting me, so it was like continuing to go up. Oh and she was like, that is, how can you have that many t- unread text messages? That's unbelievable. And I was like, oh, you are young. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> okay. Um, can uh, let's do it. Let's do it. You're going to tell me? Um, yeah. I, right now we're at 601. Oh, you win so oh, hard. Yeah. That's okay. More than no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm at like 200. That's still I'm so at, much. I'm at 272. Oh, but 272 you, for a I while. Thought, here I was like, oh, no, I might. Like, <laughs> I'm so far behind both of you. Let's that's see. That amazing. doesn't even. They could, you could have, they could all be hour long recordings of, you know, like <laughs> the number of recordings isn't length of recordings. And who says yes. more is. Kenyon famously is recording five second chunks of <laughs> here's three notes. <laughs> I mean, goodness. I, the reason why I'm like, maybe I don't need to be doing all that anymore is because it just became another way of, of, um, 
like satisfying the notation itch of like, now this is real Mm. because it exists somewhere outside of me. And trying to get comfortable with like, I'll just, I make music. So like, I'll make it, if I make some good music today, it's fine that I'm the only person that heard it. And just like, Mm -hmm. but that's really difficult for me to stick with because whenever I, I don't know, the impulse is like, oh yes, grab it, record it, you know, Mm -hmm. reshape it, mold it, turn it into something. You're not live, like, Instagramming all of of your composition hours so that they're on the internet forever. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I'm constantly afraid that, like, well, afraid for good reason. I will never remember something that I I've written. Oh no no no! Voice memos is truly a blessing. Yeah, yeah. like it is. I and it it's comes so infrequently that I'm like, if I have anything that I like even a little bit, I'm like, well, let me record it because I will forget what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just I. It feels almost uh, compulsive the way that I'm like, well, I can't let go of anything because uh, what if. Like, I won't remember it. And what if it is the thing that becomes the thing that's amazing? Oh, no. I, I do the thing where I'm, like, about to fall asleep. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. <laughs> this has happened to me once. One time I was like, it was for What Comes Next. I was like, okay, I need a new song in this spot. I don't know what it is. I don't really like anything that I have. Like, it's got to be something new. And I was like... I was half asleep. I was either falling asleep or waking up or something. And like, I was like, oh my God, that's the, there like, that's the melody. Yeah. But I could not get out of bed. <laughs> like, I was You're like, like oh, <laughs> the entire arc of my musical depends on this yeah. <laughs> And I, not only could I not get out of bed to like sit at a piano to do something with it, I could not like reach over to my phone to just like croak out this little yeah. <laughs> melody. Um, and so I sat and didn't, I was like half asleep and just kept like doing like, it over and over yeah. again oh my God. until I could actually get up and do something about it. Yeah. That's super relatable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad you brought up what comes next. I'm really here for, oh. I'm here with transitions <laughs> today. <laughs> um, really round robining about. <laughs> because, I mean, I heard that, that someone else is working on a musical. Someone else maybe even in this. Virtual oh, room. Ooh. I don't know if we want to talk about that at all, but the pressure. Um, yeah. Well, I I am. Um, it's been. I mean, talk about like intangibility. Um, <laughs> who knows if this musical will ever be mounted or ever be heard by anybody? Um, it's it's. I mean, Jerome, like you have a sense of how much work it is to to write and put on a musical and. I'm not even there. So I, yeah, it's basically, it's, it's a, it's a piece I honestly started writing in high school. Yeah. Um, like, like 11th or 10th grade. Um, and which is also like such a weird thing that I keep coming back to it because then I'm also wrestling with like the creative voice I used to have Mm. and trying to honor that person while also like update it to my own sensibility. Sure. Currently. Um, so I don't know why I, I have chosen this as like something to do because it's quite like painful at times to yeah. to be like anyway. But that's that's a whole nother thing. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a musical. It's it's really not even a thing yet. It's it's a 
kind of a family drama. It takes place on a coastal uh, beach town. Um, it's uh, really just about like falling in love with the wrong people and figuring out how to be the, you know, most graceful version of yourself mm. in the process. Um, I guess I'll need to see like that. Many musicals that have been written. <laughs> but that's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, no, but one of the like early on in the pandemic, something that was really a source of joy for me was working on it and uh, like bedroom demoing um, mm-hmm. a bunch of different tracks from it and also like bringing in musicians to record from home yeah. um, to help me get these demos going so I can start like maybe applying for grants and or like looking yeah. for interest at some point if I want to. Um, and it was also really, really good experience for then I started recording the record that I'm working on right now, which is also like all uh, bedroom basically recordings that have been done during the pandemic. Um, so yeah, just, just such, so nice to have any excuse to like work with people, yeah. feel connected, feel like there's some kind of musical exchange that's happening. Um, and also like, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it, it really, it was very emotional. So I'm very grateful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, Jerome, I would love to hear because I did, I tuned into the, <laughs> the, I, t- I saw the Saturday Okay. Saturday matinee, I think. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I would love to hear because I know that this is not only the first, but the set, the you know, reading, and then this was the yeah. full, first full production, right? Right. Like, what was that like? How many? How many rewrites? How many? Like, I just it's such a it's such a what like it, it the process of writing a show is just so much, and so I would love to hear from you. Like, yeah, and there's so much about it that. Uh, I mean, similar to lots of other types of composition that you don't really know how it works until it is done. Yeah, um, and like pacing and like yeah. real time. And that there's stuff. there's pacing of it that's like you know in a reading that is okay. Uh, this part just needs to move faster. That section is too much, and you know there's some of that pacing that you can figure out. Then there's it is totally different pacing when it's like okay now we actually have to walk on stage. Now we have to. When are we going to put all the plates on the table? Yeah. When are we, when is this person going to knock on the door? You know, all of that stuff is, uh, physically needs to physically be paced Mm -hmm. on top of, I had not written any like transitional music or like I had Mm -hmm. in the reading I had written, (laughs) I don't know if you remember this. Kenyon was famously in the reading. Um, and I had written transition music from the first act to the second act. I wrote nothing from the second (laughs) act to the third act. You're like we're gonna sit here, yeah, yeah. Think and not about because what you've just seen. <laughs> not because we didn't need it. Like there, w- there was a quick change. Like when one of the actresses had to go off and like change into a sweatshirt and then come right back on, like for the top mm-hmm. of the third act. And I don't know why I, I didn't. Noah, who wrote the book, didn't. The director, like no one was like maybe there should be a little bit of music here. <laughs> yeah. We were like, well, now we'll just wait. You know. 15 to 20 dead, dead air seconds yeah, until Noel can come back out with his sweatshirt on. Um, and so there were like, I hadn't written bows music. Like there's all this stuff that I just oh, had not. Yeah. The trimmings. <laughs> yeah, all exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it is weird because 
I don't know. I had always known that, yeah, shows are in previews because, you know, you want to make sure that everything's going right. But that that actually is, you know, okay, well, this, we don't need this much music here. Okay, we need like, these two bars need to be on a repeat because we don't know when they're going to come in after that chain. Like all of that stuff Mm -hmm. that you don't figure out until you actually are mounting a real production of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it felt very much like, uh, you know, we could prepare as much as we wanted to prepare, but then a lot of it just was, was going to have to happen in the process of figuring out how the show runs. Mm-hmm. Um, on on top of, okay, does the show work? Does it, uh, do these characters make sense? Do these specific things that people say make sense? Yeah. You know, is this a good line, but just this person can't figure out how to say it? Yeah. Um, that is all hard and comes out of this, like, deep rehearsal editing process. So I was very grateful to have an opportunity to like really be working on it for something. Yeah. Um, it's amazing that you, that uh, also like obviously just during a pandemic that that yeah. was able to happen, but like yeah. it's, it's also just such a, um, such a gift to get to like have this experience of seeing your work through like through these different iterations. I mean, it's, yeah, it's and very well-deserved. It's an amazing work. And like, thank you. I, can, thank I you. cannot imagine how much work it was, but um, it's just, it's really cool. It feels very much like a, um, when they talk about like a, like a cathedral building schedule, like when they, I don't know that this is true anymore, but it used to be, you know, in the Renaissance that they would say, okay, we're going to build this cathedral and it's going to take, 250 years and we're going to start it. And like, no one's going to be alive when it's done, but like so much. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I forget about that. But it's that type of like, I don't know. I am now thinking of it in like a larger scale. Um, And hopefully, you know, we'll have more opportunities to continue to build and construct. But I, you know, it, started as like, okay, I'm going to do this for my senior project this year, Mm -hmm. you know, from (laughs) August to March. Were you in it? I was not in it. Okay. Well, you Um, played the piano. I was not. I played it. I played. You played the the, entire show. the piano for it. Wait, and Kenyon, who who were you? I was Michael. I was the father. (laughs) Oh. It was very much fun to be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the song that the parents have together. Uh, It's beautiful. Thank you. It's like... That is like a Kenyan song. To me, that's oh. like very Kenyan inspired. It's a lot of fourths. fourths. Uh, which Kenyan loves. <laughs> what about the fourth? The fourth does it for you. They just. <sighs> Not me Words wistfully looking off. <laughs> Talking about an interval. A tear. A single tear. Um, I just, I think. This is also one of the nerdiest conversations I've ever had. I love it. <laughs> Please continue. More or less than about the rehearsal. <laughs> no, this whole, like, I, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I did this. I invited this moment here. So I mean, please. I think it comes out of, like, honestly, like, jazz piano and, like, some, some of the jazz pianists I love, like, use a lot of chordal voicings, a lot of fourths, just mm-hmm. because they stack so nicely and, like, get you a lot of great yeah. color tones, but in a way that's, like, doesn't feel like you're really reaching for them. Um, mm-hmm. and feel there's like a bit more emotion in them than fifths feel like extremely like rooted and that that's also really satisfying and also I feel like appears a lot in your work Tanner the like 
open my, like bed yeah. of strong fists that just like swallow you. Talk about that was another thing when I went to. That's very kind of you. To <laughs> say that. But yeah, no, when I went to music school, I was like, oh man, I write exclusively in parallel fists. Like that's not something that you're supposed to do. And again, I had a teacher that was like, Shut up, that's so dumb. Um, but yeah, no, I. Uh, I love fifths. I think it's because of the cello, probably. Oh, yeah. But also, if you put a fifth on top of a fifth, there's a second in there. And, and isn't so that crunchy. just the best thing? It's the best. <laughs> I love because you get the openness and it's like that bittersweet open with a tinge of like, but I'm really happy. Like, I, yeah. I, it's, yes. It's, oh, yes. I love that happy yes. sad wow. stuff. Yes. It's, so it's, it's, yeah. Extremely that. <laughs> We were talking yesterday about how um, the director of the orchestra is like, yeah, a lot of the music's have, a lot of the students here have kind of more conservative music tastes just in terms of, you know, what they think is consonant and what they really like and embrace, whatever. And so a lot of them are like, oh, yeah, some of Tanner's music feels very (laughs) dissonant. And we were just laughing about like, well, you said. <laughs> oh, how the, like the tolerance for dissonance just goes up and up and up the longer oh, yeah. that you stay in the new music world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of <laughs> scary. Sometimes I think about like myself as a high schooler, if I were to hear my music right now, if I would be like so disappointed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, what has become of you? What is all this dissonance? <laughs> I don't know. I had a phase in high school where I like, I was obsessed with tritones. Work. Like anytime there would be a tritone where there was a diatonic tritone, I was like, oh, the tritone is like number one. I love it. I want it everywhere. To a point where now I'm like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> but I am like a major seventh. Yeah. Stick it out and everything. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry. To answer your question, what I said was that my music is very consonant compared to a lot of <laughs> a lot of music. But yeah, we this is so funny. We've been talking about sevenths so much. Yeah. In the last <laughs> that <laughs> Oh, is this for theory class? <laughs> oh wow. yes. Theory class. Um the I have students who if a melody ends on scale degree seven. They're like, burn it, throw it out. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is trash. It's and you're unresolved. like, life is unresolved. <laughs> I'm never going to know anything for certain. So just get used to it. I know. I feel like it is so funny that, you know, again, the longer you spend in the world of new music, like I have so many friends who, uh, a half step, a major seventh, a major ninth, a minor ninth. Yes. Like these are all like sounds that people love. But then you play like a dominant seventh and they're like, oh, gross. <laughs> what a harsh grading. That's me. You're talking about me. Do you, you, don't, you don't like that? But. I, I think I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want to say I'm bored because it, sometimes they're not boring. Sometimes they're really not boring. But I think I, I definitely, to like think about me in the past, I think I love a lot of the music I make right now because I. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, not that it's good, just that I'd like it. (laughs) Oh, it is good. Stop it. Not that I have good taste. (laughs) Because I was definitely like, I wanted to reach for more. I was like, I wanted to reach for more dissonance. And growing up. Yeah listening to a lot of jazz and being around jazz players, 
like the capacity to resolve like what seems like the unresolvable dissonance was like that's the cool thing um mm. yeah and a, a bunch of other things are cool too um i don't know how i got music here music is so cool <laughs> music is cool um i was watching some video the other day about like 12 tone rows and that people are like oh yeah this sounds so fan <laughs> art it's not fan art um <laughs> amazing but that a lot of the, like, you know, 20th century Schoenberg, like, extremely dissonant stuff, people being like, oh, like, this sounds random. This sounds like someone just mashing random notes on the piano. Uh, and there was a, it was a Vihart video, and Vihart was Incredible. like, well, if we actually were to play random sounds at random, uh, like, rhythms and tempos, et cetera, like it would sound extremely different. And there's something kind of beautiful about that, I think. Yeah, no, it's it's like hyper-focused, uh, very intentional, even though it's, it can sound like a cacophony at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I I love the idea of taking things that like, oh, that's dissonant, that's harsh, oh, I don't like, those sounds are like really uh, fighting against each other. But it's like, no, that's cool, like, but that's something else that sound can do. <laughs> like, isn't it cool that sound doesn't always have to be like, and all these notes like make space for one another equally mm-hmm. and they get along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, I love this discussion about, about consonants, about dissonance, about the nature of sound. <laughs> oh I, I honestly can't believe I'm having this. This is like, I just, I never think about these things, honestly, mm-hmm. like in my own process ever. So this is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are bringing out like this part of I my brain. Um, <laughs> Sorry, continue. Something that I rarely think about because I rarely, uh, you know, work up the courage to deal with it is text. Um, and I'm so glad you brought this up. The way that Tanner, you are very good. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was listening That's to, really I, was t- I took a little walk before we sat down and I was listening to stuff off of your. After your last album, um, oh, uh, I was listening to to Landlord and to I think it's called Sacred Spaces. Yeah, thanks. the 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 text. I mean, the text. It's just incredible. I would. I want. Oh, I want them bound as poetry, hung on my wall. I want it <laughs> everywhere. I'm really curious how you see that relationship, music and text. How you incorporate that into writing, any and all things. Well, that's, like, just very generous of you. Um, I feel like it's always a struggle. Uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know. And it's so funny, um, you know, when you look back, like, even that record that you were referencing, I that I think I wrote that in, like, 2015, 2014. And it feels, like, so far away at this point. But um, so it's, it's nice to know. Every, every now and again, I'm reminded that, like, this is music that someone might still enjoy. And, like, that Me. means so much. <laughs> even though, like, I have my own weird relationship with it at this point. So thank you um, very much. And, uh, yeah, text. Sometimes the music and the text is happening simultaneously. Sometimes one comes first. I would say more often the music comes before the text. Um, but I really th- feel like my relationship with text has changed in the last couple of years because of trying to write musical theater. Wow. Because it's a very different, um, there's only so much information you can give 
Sure. Like for a real time experience. Whereas something like that record, like, like, you know, if someone wanted to and they're like, I don't understand what she's saying. Like they could go and like look at the liner notes and like spend some time with like the metaphors Uh and like all the things. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's been, it's, uh, there's just so many ways to to do text. I, I do think that like probably my songwriting sensibility from text is really influenced by like, uh, like Paul Simon, Joni Mitchell, a big, uh, like, uh, fan of ballads, like the child ballads from, um, like traditional, uh, Irish mm. and Scottish from ballads and, uh, like the, the storytelling that happens in those, um, I think is really interesting. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, also like to be like Sondheim, like, yeah. I know it's, you know, yeah. but like, Text that text is that relationship between music and text is amazing. Yeah. Um, the we, idea of um, meta. I've always kind of struggled with writing lyrics that are not in musical theater, and you bringing up the idea of metaphor, I think, is really essential to that in a way that I haven't thought about before. Like the. Uh, the idea of okay, it has to be. I feel like I'm good at doing the, like, it's concise. It's what someone would say. Mm-hmm. It, like, effectively communicates, like, what's going on for that speaker in that moment. Um, and that that's just such a different thing from, yeah. like, you know, really getting to play around poetry. with like, poetry. Yeah. That's exactly I, what like, I was about to say. I mean, to be, like, to your point, Kenyon, what you were saying earlier, like, um, I used to think that that lyrics and poetry... Basically, I was always afraid to write lyrics until I heard a song that was like just a poem set to music, mm-hmm. which is like so many songs, but I think I just hadn't realized that that was a mm. thing that you could do. Uh, and then I was like, oh, lyrics and poetry. It's the same thing. I like writing poetry. I guess I can write lyrics. Um, and it's uh, lyrics can be poetry and poetry can be lyrics, but like not all lyrics can be poetry. Or I guess they're maybe that sounds like entitled. Like they're all the same thing, but like there's there is an element of poetry where you you can go at your own pace. You can take time. Mm. You can yeah. like there's a, a suspension of time that can happen. You can go back and reread, and you just can't do that yeah. in a real time experience with music. Yeah, like it just is designed to be consumed in a different way. Yeah, unless you want to go back and listen to the record a bunch of times, which right. I love to yeah. do. But. Um, <laughs> How, how about you, Kenyon? What's your relationship like with music and text? I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to work on it. Um, growing up, I used to write a lot of poetry. Um, surprise. I, I feel like that's not a thing that I tell people ever. And now I'm saying it on a podcast. Um, oh, <laughs> but yeah, I just don't think I've, I've found like a, a, a voice that I, I want to marry with music yet. Like a, a, a textual voice hmm. that I, I feel like deserve sound like oh here are those poems that i've written and i still write and then like here's the music and they they haven't talked to each other yet but i would like them to Mm. um when you are writing like a melody do you ever hear like a word on a note yeah make sense like yeah um i without meaning to that does happen and sometimes more just like sounds or, or syllables or, you know, like a vowel consonant mm-hmm. shape thing, um, mm. which is exciting and feels like, you know, it feels like, oh, this is possible. Like, 
at some point, Kenyon, you are going to write something and you are going to write the words to it too and you're going to live for it. Um, mm-hmm. But it it's all, I don't know. If there's like a, it feels like there's too much struggling going on there for me. And I, I don't know. I want to find the easy way to do it. <laughs> well, this is very interesting because I've, to keep talking about my music theory class. <laughs> Please. Um, <laughs> I have been over the past week and a bit having them like sit and play things at the piano. Um, like just very simple, like here are the chords, you're going to read them off the staff and you're going to sing, you know, this song that you already know with while playing these chords. And to see some of these students who like are, you know, these incredible concert violinists and can play the cello and play all these other instruments and sit down at a, at a piano and be like, oh my God, this is so frustrating because like, I don't play this. Right. Cause I don't play this and I know what this means and I know what it's supposed to sound like, uh, but I can't get my hand to do the thing. Um, and I sat with them and I'm like, I am the same way. I've been trying to like pick up the guitar for many years and I just can't bring myself to do it because I am expecting like, oh no, but I'm good at music. So it should be easy. Um, and trying to figure out like, or I guess just trying to remember that, yeah, some of it, like part of why I like it is because some of it comes very easy and naturally, but not all of it is going to be that way. I, I think that though, as like composers, that's such a fun thing to do because, yeah. because it's not easy. It makes your brain, like you might come up with things that are out of the norm for mm-hmm. yourself, you know, yeah. like sometimes when I have writer's block, I'll just pick up something that I suck at yeah. and like see what happens and maybe something fun and spontaneous will come from that. Yeah. And maybe it just sucks, but like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think it's, it's like a cool way to like trick yourself into thinking in a different kind of way than you would. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I mean, I, I guess I was thinking about struggling in a, what I was saying, what I was saying before in like, uh, um, I don't know, like f- figuring out like, Lyrics, words have meaning. And like, what do you, what would you like to say? Mm. And sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like, oh, Kenyon, you're just, you're, you haven't figured that thing out yet. Like you, you're just shoehorning words that fit this melody or, you know, fit something else in your brain, but they're not actually the things that are supposed to be there. And I guess that's kind of the ease I was talking about was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever have listened to um, the band Knower. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you referenced them earlier on this podcast oh, okay. at one point. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that band. <laughs> I love them. And I love I love their I love their lyric writing. Cause it's it's mm. almost always it's like this is just something that you said. And you said it because it was true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you found a way to put that into music and I accept it. But like the lyrics are like, when you're ugly, no one wants to talk to you. It's like, that's just a sentence that you said out loud. Like, I'm sh- like that's just words. But I'm actually here singing that in my bedroom. And somehow, like, it's just the truth of the, of the words that you said that, like, makes it a yeah. lyric. Um, yeah. But I, honestly, I think it also just was presented to you as Maybe that's, yeah. Like, I think that there's so much of it that, like, and, you know, there's an inherent, do you buy it? Do you like it? Is you... It, as like the aesthetic of it. Um, and not all lyrics are created equal, but I think that 
sometimes I know that I trip myself up too much over like, oh no, this isn't actually a lyric because I haven't heard it. You know, it's like not an actual pin downable thing. And so if I do like something with the exception of, oh, this doesn't feel like it should be a lyric. But, so what in, what to your ear would not be a lyric? Because I'm just, because I feel like you could, I mean, okay, the only time in my life I've been like, I can't set this word was actually <laughs> in one of the songs on that. And I, I haven't, you know, I've only been alive however long in writing songs for however long. So I'm sure I'll have this experience more. But like, I tried to set the word teat. <laughs> I don't know if this is appropriate. But it was talking about like, like something like like the there was some lyric in one of the songs on that uh, record you're mm-hmm. talking about Kenyan where it was like uh, it's talking about like light pollution and like mm-hmm. something about like mother I don't know it was some like reference to like the teat of something and I was like <laughs> trying to sing it <laughs> I was like this is just not like you just can't set this word like I just don't know how to say like. Teat. Like, I don't think like, I don't even like, sorry, I've said it too many times at this point on this podcast. You can Tommy. Tommy, <laughs> cut this out. out. I need but, it. So like that was a moment for me where I was like, I this is ridiculous and I, I can't like I just can't get through even singing this without like losing my shit. So um what yeah, like I when you say like not all lyrics are created equal or like this is not a lyric, like what do you have an example? I'm sorry to put you on the spot. But no, I um Okay, the the example that is coming to mind is that, okay, the musical is called What Comes Next, and there are two songs in it called What Comes Next, part one and part two. And uh, I think the name of the musical came before the names of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> I'm like, oh, we Noah and I loved the title, What Comes Next, that's fabulous. It encapsulates everything, you know, this has to be the title, like, this is the title that we like. We thought about other stuff, it's not going to be other stuff, this is going to be the title. And uh, then I sit down to write these songs and I'm like, hmm, next. Now what rhymes with next? (laughs) 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 And uh, came up, there's probably a note still somewhere on my computer of like, all the different words that rhymed with next that I was like, none of these words are going to make it into this song. (laughs) Like, none of these are going to... (laughs) Oh my are gosh. going to do it. And I think I ended up going with words that do not rhyme with next, but rhyme with eh. each other. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, like, I think it's, like, suspects, which, like, mm. technically does not rhyme with next, but, like... See, for me, I'd be, like, next, and I'd be, like, no, 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 and, like, I don't even, like, not even a word that's, like, anywhere near that at all. I'd just be, like, <laughs> I Good. love the thing. Like... So I kudos to you that you are like, you know, actually searching for the, those like real accurate rhymes. Um, I think I think there is kind of just an inherent like I like this, I don't like this, um, such as with Pete. <laughs> Live on the podcast, you heard it. You heard it here. Um, but I guess just that I am trying to help myself think about like. You know, I don't have to like everything, but if the reason that I don't like it is because, oh, like, it doesn't seem lyrical enough or like it it is not legitimate enough to be a lyric or whatever, that I have been trying to push against that myself simply mm-hmm. to say, well, if I say it's a lyric, then it's a lyric. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, we've been, this is another great example. I've, I'm doing an arrangement with a choir on campus of Dua Lipa's Levitating. Whoa! <laughs> um, and I've incorporated a short snippet of Baby's uh, rap in Levitating into our little choral arrangement. Okay. So these students have to sing uh, left foot, right foot, levitating, pop stars, Dua Lipa with the baby. And there's a, a lot of them that cannot do it without laughing. They think it's the goofiest thing in the world. They're like, why are we singing the baby? Like that <laughs> feels kind of ridiculous like, <laughs> for us to do on this choral concert. And I'm like, yeah, but we're going to do it. Like yeah. it's going to happen. You're like and- I, I wrote it there. so <laughs> <laughs> We have to honor the text. Yeah. <laughs> honor the composer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Words. Truly words. They're, they're difficult and beautiful. They're elusive. But also, I mean, Kenyon, like, to be real, not all music uh, d- right. needs words. And not all words are worthy of music, you know? There's some words that, like, you don't, like, I don't, I, I get, every now and again, like, I'll, I'll hear a poem set to music and I'm like, oh, man, I wish you just left mm. it a poem. Like, yeah. because, like, it was, it's such a beautiful thing in its own. And also to, like, force it to be in time, like in in an experience that happens over the course of like five to seven minutes or whatever. I think, yeah, I don't know. I I think that like text and music can also take away from each other. And if, if they aren't like well-matched. And so I think that you don't want to write text on a piece that you shouldn't write it. And the piece is going to be great. Thank you for that. Honestly, I needed that encouragement. I just have to, to figure out me as a singer, okay, then what do I do? <laughs> but, you know, who needs words to be a singer? Honestly, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. Um, I am I'm curious. Okay, I'm curious just, you talked about a little bit, like, about influences. You named Joni. You named Paul Nin- Simon. 1970s. Um, Okay. I'm curious about influences on you, past, present, future. What are you listening to now? What have you listened to at other times? Um, <laughs> you know what? I knew you were going to answer this question. And this this might actually legitimately be a, a part that Tommy can oh, okay, okay. for us. Because I don't have an answer <laughs> to this question. No, I don't have an answer to the question of what are you listening to right now? Because this is so sad. And I – well, Okay. There are two sides to this question. Number one is that when you are really busy writing music, you don't <laughs> always have time to listen to music. And that's like the saddest yeah, thing yeah, in the world. Yeah. Um, I will say that there's been a lot of all-nighters recently in my life. Mm. Um, we were actually talking about some all-nighter Kenyan <laughs> Oh no! Um, I, I was talking. I was okay. talking about you and your two-day <laughs> day, double day. <laughs> well, I mean, those happened when we were trying to finish that album, right? Uh, not finish. Well, trying to <laughs> work on that album. <laughs> I don't even know if we were really working on it. I think you were just were in finals. No, you <laughs> were talking at the- that was in the winter. Oh, well, I also Tommy <laughs> cut this out. Yeah. I also did that at the end of at the end of my junior at the end of twenty seventeen. So you're saying that it was a regular practice of yours to do an all-nighter every other day. No. 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 You, you're microdosing sleep. <laughs> 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 
We absolutely love microdosing sleep. <laughs> wow. Um, back to you, though, because this actually wasn't about me. <laughs> yeah, let me, yes. let me answer your question uh, or just finish the sentence I had going before. Um, all-nighters and... Once again, to give credit to this podcast, y'all, like, I'm very serious. This has been a big part of my life the last months. Um, I have been exploring Gaga more. Oh, yeah. I truly did not know how many records she had until this podcast informed me. In my brain, it was like, the first one, <laughs> a star is born. <laughs> like, I, like, yeah, I there's one know. that has, like, from the, the first five the years. The one with bad romance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's been fun. Um, I've also been, I, I watched the Ariana documentary. Oh, recently yeah. And so I've been listening to more. I, like, she's not someone I'd, like, really ever listen to. Sure. Uh, there's there's so much pop music. There's just so much music that I just realized, even listening to you both talk about music, I'm like, I don't know anything about this industry that I'm in at all. I've, like, literally, and, <laughs> like, every genre, I feel like I have these huge blind spots and... So it's been fun to like explore, explore more pop stuff, which I, I feel like I like pop music. Like, I guess I just haven't really sat down and like listened to an Ariana Grande album like three times, you know, or sure. something like that. So I similarly, until like three days ago this year, I've been like, I, if anyone asked me like, what is the type of music? I'd say, oh yeah, I love pop music. Like I, mm-hmm. that sounds great. And then I would go to like Billboard Hot 100 and be like, garbage. Like, I don't <laughs> oh, know yeah. any of this. Like, I don't like it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually I go for like the indie folk, indie rock, you know, I yeah. like still love a like Super yes. record or oh, like yeah. a yes. Grizzly Bear record or, um, oh my God, speaking of new pop pop music from a is the new laura mvula stuff yes coming out have yes. you heard no new stuff it's like so <laughs> it's pop. amazing and she was someone who i always like i mean okay i just i could talk about her forever because i think she's one of the greatest songwriters like of the time the dreaming room was the best rec like one of the best records of the last 10 years i don't know why more people aren't talking about it blah 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But she's, like, such an amazing composer and talk about a composer-performer. Um, yeah, the new stuff is, like, 80s, like, Deeply. pop. It's very, I, yeah. You've got, it's Drum, you've got to so listen. Interesting. You've got to take a listen. I know. I'm not, like, well-steeped in Laura Mavula as I should be. Because mm-hmm. um, um, she's fantastic. She is so, so good. Really incredible. Sony was so dumb when they dropped her. Did really? I, under- I didn't know that happened. I understand. I think that that happened like a, f- a handful of years ago. Rude. Okay, you know what, Tommy, take this out because my manager is going to be like Tanner. You're- <laughs> I don't have a manager. I'm I made that up. Um, this podcast is officially anti Sony. Yeah. yeah. If any Sony execs are listening to this, don't call us. We don't want your business. Please Literally, call please call. Me. <laughs> Tanner Porter would like to separate herself <laughs> from <laughs> the comments made on, on We Love That. We're going to redact the last. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah. So, Lauren Vula, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on board. I'm here for this. She seems, like, joyous and really, really, like, just so excited about the process in a way that she maybe hasn't been in a while. And so I'm like, yes, let's do it. However, I'm curious to hear the rest. 
How do you feel? I, I think I echo exactly what you were saying. It's like, this is exciting. You're you're feeling creative, Laura. You are, you know, you're back at it. And we haven't seen something from you in a little bit of a, of a minute. Um, they're not my favorites of hers, but they're, they're still good. They're very fun and they're very, for the right. summertime. I was on the subway listening to them the other day, like, yeah. very down. That sounds divine. And, you know, it's just like big, it's like synths. 80s drums and her voice, which is just incredibly moving and powerful. So, what more? Yeah. Honestly, what more could I want? Absolutely nothing. Very little. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> um, what are the What are the summer tracks that? Uh, I'm totally dodging your question right now. That's okay. Canyon, but what are the summer tracks that have you all excited right now? Okay, I actually have a couple. Of, like, I have been. I don't know. For the last several many months, I've been listening to podcasts and not listening to any music at all. And I don't know why. I love music, but I was like, uh, nothing was like really sticking. Okay. Butter by BTS. Ooh. This is the first BTS song that I'm like, oh, I'm in. Like, yes, international sensation BTS. I'm here for the song. It's like... It's great. And they're really good singers. Okay. Are they are, right? Like yeah. I mean, I feel like every time I hear them and it's a like whatever quote unquote live performance, yeah. they are flawless. Yeah. Is that real? Or is yeah. it are they listening? I think they actually are that good. Oh my God. It's so intense. Um which is so I love that. Then there's a song by Vincent. Do either of you know Vincent? I feel like Kenyon, you would like really We're not talking about Saint it. Vincent, we're talking about Vincent. I'm not talking about St. Vincent, who I also love. (laughs) Um, Vincent has this new song with Alex Newell and, like, maybe there are five other people credited as artists on the track called Higher that I also really like. So those are the two that I very recently have been like, oh, my God, it's the summer. I'm listening to music again. Oh, that's – those are both, like, deep pop. Yeah? I know. Which I've, I, I, until pop. Like, you like pop. Pop. Until three days ago, I was like, I guess I don't like pop music anymore. And now I'm like, no, it's true. I like pop. Yeah. Um, wow. I have no, like, I have no songs of the summer yet. Nothing. I mean, this, we're just about to roll into the summer time. What time? What, what time? Oh my God. What time is it? What month? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> I guess it's still May. Yeah. It's still May, but this will be our last episode of May. Wow. <gasps> wow. Next week is June. Oh, my goodness. Um, but Gabriel Garcon Montano, very, he's just great. He just released another EP. Um, he sings in Spanish. He sings in French. He raps in English. He, he He's doing everything. It's, it's everywhere. Wow. Um, really into that. And then this is, I mean, this is by no means a new album at all. It came out, I don't know, 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> Voodoo by D'Angelo. Oh, yeah. I mean, every, everybody loves it. Not everybody, everybody. But, you know, it made its waves. And it's very good. But it's really been the soundtrack to, like, the last, I don't know, 11 weeks for me. Like, I can't, I cannot stop wow. listening to it. Wow. Um, do you feel like every time you listen to it, it's you hear yeah. something new? Or? It's deep. It's deeply layered, um, and just it's good. It's just really good. <laughs> um, 
That's good. Yeah. It's trying to give you like warm, warm soul funk vibes. So that's what I've got. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tanner? Yes. It has been excellent. Absolutely is this it? excellent is this to have you on the oh. <laughs> Unless you have something else that you, you need to say. Um, um, I just, I can't believe that I'm here <laughs> with you both and that I am the person. I'm going to listen to this podcast and be, I can't speak anymore. But like, you know, like, you like listen to a podcast and then you're like, I'm the podcast. Like, it's just. It's so exciting. I'm just so excited. So thank you both. We are deeply honored. And thank you for opening up and sharing about your creative sides. And I, it's so nice to hear a little bit about how you both work. Yeah. Thank you. And and to all the people, um, well, you can listen to Ease the Roads. <laughs> uh, you can, uh, Tanner also has a lot of music out there already and more to come. Yeah. Record coming up. Hoping I mean, we're supposed to go into into like real oh mixing my gosh. next month. Oh my gosh. I just shot the album cover this week. Oh my gosh! It that was is very. I've never had like a like a photo shoot like that before, where it's like I like made a blouse for it. It's wow. like all like hand beaded, and there was like it like matched the backdrop. Wow! And it was really <laughs> exciting. It's it it's yeah. It was really really great. Um. So. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's not trash. <laughs> uh, not, not the, like the music. I, the, the photos look beautiful because I worked with a photographer who is great. But <laughs> It's going to be incredible. And in the meantime, I'll be putting your previous album on repeat. Um, everyone, go, just go look up Tanner. She has a website, TannerPorter.com. Look at the YouTube videos. Go get your life and anticipate the new album. We love that you love, we love that. This podcast is brought to you by Jerome, that's me, and Kenyon, that's him. With music by Sophia Campomore and art by Griffin Keller. Drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Bye. Okay, let's clap. Woo! We'll go three, two, one, clap. Three, two, one. Ta-da. Brilliant. And Zoom makes that all work out. <laughs> Tommy? <laughs> <laughs>